Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Spech. Hey, hello. How's it going, buddy? Going great. As you're listening to this episode... Yes. I am you're, relaxing... You're not here. I'm not here. <laughs> I will be relaxing on Diamond Lake in Tomogamy after completing the two-mile reportage uh-huh. from Lady Evelyn River of the South Channel. So, as, as listeners listen to this, you will be starting that? No, I should be finished. Uh, the next morning? Thursday. Yeah, because Thursday morning will be on. Yeah, so because Wednesday evening yeah. will finish the two-miler yeah. to Diamond. Mm-hmm. It's two miles, which is uh, 3.2 kilometers. Mm-hmm. So, I will either be relaxing. <laughs> Because Tracy didn't have a problem with it. Yeah. Or I will be beaten to death <laughs> with a paddle um, and uh, our marriage will be over. It's a coin toss. <laughs> it's 50-50 <laughs> chance here. It's a 50-50 <laughs> chance of what's happening. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So Wednesday night we do the, we will be finishing the, uh, do it by doing the two miler. We'll end up on the islands in the middle of uh, Diamond Lake and Tomogamy. So, and then the next day we'll get up on uh, Thursday morning we wake up. Not too early, and we will be zipping down because we're going through Bob Lake and all that stuff down to get back to Obabaka. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be good. Awesome. I assume it's good. Mm-hmm. I'm there, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the future. Next episode, we'll get a trip report. You will. You will. <laughs> Maybe. Yes. She can swing a paddle, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> I want to give a shout out to Jason Crawford, one of our listeners who sent us a little note about Hurricane, uh, Hurricane Ida and the Mississippi. Oh. I think you heard, you heard about uh, about this. Mm-hmm. So data from the United States Geological Survey released uh, a little note that put the Category 4 storm's strength into perspective, revealing it was powerful enough to force the Mississippi River to flow backwards. Now, we've talked about fluvial tsunamis before. Yes. Uh, episode 261. Uh, fluvial tsunamis are caused by geological occurrences, like earthquakes. And I think there's only one example of a fluvial tsunami. Well, there's been there? a couple, but the la- last one, I think, was... Most well-known. Like uh, 1812. Yeah. Yes. Right? So, uh, and then storm surges are caused by weather, like a hurricane yeah. sort of deal, so... So the river reversal as a whole is, you know, says not very uncommon. Uh, category form storms are even more uncommon. And uh, they were talking to Scott Perrion, uh, a supervising hydro, how do you say that? Hydrologist. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Hydro- I, I always have issues with ologist words. <laughs> Hydrologist with the USGS Lower Mississippi Gulf Water Science Center in Baton Rouge. Uh, he called this the second occurrence in recent history the river has backed up due to storm surge. Mm-hmm. The other was Hurricane Katrina. Now, I had Googled it, and I thought I had read that it happened in August 2020 as well. There was a storm last year. So mm. there might be three of them now. But anyways. Yeah. Well, well this is, he says there was only two. Yeah. And this was re- this was like uh, re- more recent. So mm-hmm. was it was it up the Mississippi? Yep. Oh yeah, it was it was a it was a storm surge that hit Louisiana. Oh, maybe he wasn't aware. Mm-hmm. Nobody, maybe nobody, told, nobody tells Scott. 
Google knows about it. Google knows about it. <laughs> tells God. Uh, River reportedly versed for about three hours mm-hmm. on Sunday. Um, that would have been what? Uh, September. No, sorry. August, the end of August. Yeah. Is that the 27th, 28th? Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, violent hurricane first made landfall in Louisiana with high winds of 150 miles per hour, 241 kilometers per hour. Explain the team recorded data of up to half a foot a second in the negative direction. Water level rose roughly seven feet, 2.1 meters during the storm. Now they also say, and this is the whole plays into the difference between the uh, fluvial tsunami and the storm surge. Yeah. The measuring gauge that catches the, the river's flow reversal may not have detected deep levels of the water, which may have been going in the, yeah. still going there the might proper direction. A, yeah, there might have yeah. been still river flow in the proper direction, but the surface water is being pushed upriver by mm-hmm. the uh, the storm surge. That's powerful, though. It is. For it something is. like the Mississippi. Yes. Incredible. Uh, Mississippi River is a monstrous river. Now, I was thinking is, uh, I, I think that having any concerns about a reversal in flow would probably be the least of your concerns because you're currently experiencing a major hurricane. Yeah, if you're paddling down the Mississippi (laughs) and all of a sudden you start going backwards because of a hurricane. Yes. Going backwards is not necessarily your biggest problem at that time. (laughs) It's the flying cows. All you're thinking is twister and replace the cow with you in a canoe or a kayak sailing around. How awesome would that be though? It would be incredible. <laughs> no, I mean flying around in yes, a canoe yeah. kayak. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to fend off the uh, the two-by-fours that are flying through the yeah. air. And <laughs> That's why you wear a helmet and a life jacket. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that that'd be, I mean, <laughs> the whole might die because of a hurricane issue. Yeah. Going All of a sudden going backwards at that speed. Yes. And then when it all starts going the other way, does it? go back out at that speed, like at a higher speed? Well, there's a lot of extra water in the river now that has to run out. Yeah, but do you think it goes back at that speed, though? Because then all of a sudden you're in for a whitewater ride. Yeah, I think so, yeah. So you're making yeah. up that time you lost. Yeah, it'd be similar to the, uh, the reversing falls rapids at in St. John, New Brunswick. It's yeah. like, oh, this is going to get crazy. It's like a tidal <laughs> rip. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> awesome. Well, Yeehaw. thanks, Jason, for uh, throwing that little tidbit our way. Um, yeah, that's... Uh, that's that's definitely something. That'd be something to see. Oh yeah. You know, I wonder if there's any video out there of it. Of it going backwards. Well, let me look. You're gonna look. <laughs> In the meantime. <laughs> <laughs> so you brought these people to my attention a couple of years back. Oh, the Speed to Sea guys. Speed to Sea. Yes. It's the is it Shoot family out of Guelph, Ontario here. So there's a speed river in Guelph. That's where we uh, did our canoe polling. That's where we learned to canoe pole. Yes. was a speed river. Mm-hmm. It's in Guelph, Ontario here. And there's a family there that were going to paddle from Guelph, Ontario out to the Atlantic Ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, they dubbed it the speed to sea, speed river to the sea. Um, but they're not doing it all at once. 
Yeah, in stages. It's mm-hmm. hard to do. The, you, you know, you only have they they have limited vacation each year. It's like one or two weeks, so it's not like they like how many people well, can you take can't three, take four a months four off. month yeah, holiday exactly. sort of thing, right? Yeah. So Jeremy Shute says his family started their canoeing adventure five years ago, and every August they take a few weeks off to paddle, picking up from where they left off the previous year. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they a little bit each year and whatnot. He says we do it in chunks, and every year we go a little bit farther, which is really cool way to do it. You know, because you're you're doing the you're doing a big trip every year, and you're seeing new stuff, and you know, sort of sort of deal. And at the end, you've got this long trip that you've done. This year they started in Cornwall, Ontario, and ended up in Berthierville, Quebec, paddling about 250 kilometers between. And they're right, they finished, uh, that's between Montreal and Trois Rivières, uh, up out in Quebec. So if they're doing 250 kilometers a, a season, say, yeah, they should be done in a couple of years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is what, they, what they're sort of planning. It's their intent. Mm hmm. Uh, it's pretty physically challenging. We're basically all exhausted at the end of the day, but it's worth it. We're getting to see some places we just never would see if we were traveling by land, which is true. Uh, I know when we used to go to Ottawa, sometimes like we'd hit the 401 straight on the north side of the, the St. Lawrence Seaway and then straight up to Ottawa. Yeah. Once in a while, we would cross over the border into the United States and travel the south side, <laughs> and then cross back over yeah. and straight up to Ottawa, just for something different. Yeah, and yeah, you definitely get a different point of view. Oh yeah. So seeing it from the water point of view, you're seeing all this stuff. Like you're seeing Montreal from the water. You're seeing Quebec City from the water. All these different things mm-hmm. from the water, not walking downtown or driving. Exactly. It's it's know, a much the, more the serene way to see stuff. And mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, family's now about halfway to the Atlantic Ocean, and they're hoping to reach their destination in the next two years. So like I say, I'd like to get him on and chit-chat. Now that they've done this year's segment, yep. I'd like to get on, him on and, and, and uh, have a chit-chat with Jeremy just to see what goes into the planning of this yeah, trip each exactly. year. And, you know, is you everybody know, still happy with it, doing it? Where the nugget of the idea came from yeah. and the development of the plan. Because like I say, it's not your regular backcountry trip where, you know, no. we're going to do this. This is do urban paddling. This. This is, yeah. Yeah, you can you can pull over in Montreal and get yeah. yourself a Big Mac or mm-hmm. extra supplies at the store if yeah. you've forgotten something or broken something or, or whatever. But there's some big water that they're in. Yes. That's a mighty, especially now, I mean, after now. When you get to um, uh, Quebec City, mm-hmm. it opens right up. Yeah. You know, because you're out no, uh, New Brunswick way at that point, when you're, and, or just before that, you're... And then you're, you're exposed you know, to more rough water, more more waves, yeah. white caps, and stuff like that. Tend to... Whales. It, it, and, it takes more time, because you're now hugging the shoreline, because you don't want to be exposed to too much risk and stuff, mm-hmm. and so on, right? So, yeah, if they're, if they're doing the 250-ish... They should just be past Quebec City next year, mm-hmm. if that's what they're they're doing yeah. every year. And uh, yeah, like I say, that's that's when the uh, Saint Lawrence opens right up. So it'll be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, uh, so yeah, when uh, when I get back from the trip I'm on right now, <laughs> <laughs> if I make it, uh, we'll, we'll give him a shout and see if we can't get him on and uh, find out more straight from the uh, horse's mouth, as it were. On on how great of a trip it was and is. And like I say, I'd be interested to find out if everybody still is gung-ho doing it each year as they were when they first came up with the idea. 
I know, right? Yeah. Or if they were, if you weren't all that gung ho, and now they now are. they're into it. Now they're more yeah, exactly. You're more bought into it. Yeah. So committed. Interesting. Um, a new Canadian canoe museum. That's they're they're opening twenty 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 three. Yeah. They are going to be featuring languages and voices from indigenous communities throughout the exhibits. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's Which a really good idea. Which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, they say visitors to the new Canadian Canoe Museum will see and hear languages and voices from indigenous communities the moment they step into the museum. Uh, I guess the TD Bank group is is giving them some funding Sponsoring, for it, right? yeah. yeah. Uh, the new home set for the museum set to break ground this fall, open in 2023. It will feature 17,000 square foot exhibition gallery. Uh, we'll share the history and enduring relevance of the canoe and kayak. The museum will work directly with individuals in eight indigenous communities. The funding also enables the museum to hire an emerging, emerging indigenous museum professional. Uh, the actions will help ensure that knowledges, perspectives, and voices from indigenous communities are directly represented in the exhibitions and educational programming. That's important mm-hmm. because, I mean, when you look at the the kayak and, and the canoe, where did it come from? Yes. It's these groups. Yeah. You know, they're the ones that need to be saying, involved like, this is what it teaching. was and involved yeah. in it. And, and I don't know about you, and this may sound weird, um, I love hearing indigenous people speak their language mm-hmm. as weird as it sounds yeah i love like we have the um is it aptn yes and sometimes you'll play and they're and you know it's and and uh is it not netflix maybe it was on crave there's been some different programs on and it's all subtitled okay but it's all indigenous so languages you can hear it. yeah and just some of them are just like it, I, weird, I don't know what, but I love listening to it. I love the sound of it being spoken. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, I mean, you've heard French and all yeah. the other... Yeah. But just hearing those languages being spoken, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's pretty cool. I've been to a few events in the last few years. I've been to uh, a few dances and so on. And and so they... You you talk to them in, in conversation. They say that there's right now they're trying to encourage the youth to be more involved in their heritage and learn their language mm-hmm. because it for for the last few decades it's been kind of waning right and yeah. uh, and so now they're trying to there's a lot of incentives out there now for them to you know, uh, be part of their heritage and learn their language and, and so on so it's uh, it's something that uh, like you know in the French Quebec they uh, they're very protective of their language. They don't want to lose their language. And and I think it's good not to lose your heritage, your language, your background. And so I think it's good what they're doing with uh in with these incentives for their for the youth to uh come out and, and learn their own history. Well, you know, so much has been lost already. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, you, you gotta save every little scrap that you can get. Yes, exactly. Now, right? Yeah. Um and yeah, I mean to be going into and seeing the history of the canoe and the kayak as told by the indigenous people. Exactly. And I think that's That's, that's huge. Yeah. That's, that's huge. 
they'll, the, the museum's team will gather knowledge about canoes, kayaks, their roles in resource harvesting, changes caused by settlement, the resurgence of indigenous watercraft making, uh, which is another huge deal uh, because you don't, I mean, everybody, I'm going up to Swift or I'm going to Novacraft or yeah. going to North Star and going to buy myself a new new canoe. But to see how they actually made it. And I keep going back to uh, Caesar Builds a Birchbark Canoe. Oh, yes, yes. I was on, just thinking about uh, that. Yeah, yeah. on um, the uh, National Film Board of Canada. Yeah. I mean, it's from, was it the 60s, 70s? I'm not sure. It was a long time yeah, ago. Way back. Mm-hmm. And, and he actually builds a Birchbark Canoe from scratch. Yes, People aren't doing that anymore. So to have that now starting again, mm-hmm. people having, getting that interest in building it yes. like they used to, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know if I'd have the patience to do it, but <laughs> yeah. my, I, I could see Mike Burns doing that. Making his, uh, I mean, uh, he's, he builds all the the uh, cedar, cedar strips strip and, and stuff. And but I could see him doing a, frame. Yeah. I, I could see him doing a birch bark canoe. Mm-hmm. If you could get the birch bark. We've Again. talked about it so many times, the two of us building one, but uh, it's one of those things. You never have time for stuff like this. Yeah, you got to be doing it in your own garage. You have to. You know, I mean, you can't be going to Mike's and five-hour exactly. drive to Windsor every weekend. Exactly. Well, yeah. you could, but <laughs> yeah. I think your might, you'd lose might interest. Have, have issues. <laughs> yeah, you'd lose interest pretty quick. Yeah. Um, the CCM, the Canadian Q Museum, looks forward to honoring the responsibility with the First Nations that host the museum on their territory and with many other Indigenous nations across Turtle Island, Canada. By supporting programming that elevates language and voices from Indigenous communities and working together with local community members, we are ensuring the history, knowledge, and the accomplishments of Indigenous peoples are carried forward. Uh, initiatives like this one that elevate the language and culture of Indigenous people are important step as we collectively work towards truth and reconciliation as Canadians. I'm looking forward to actually seeing the displays and hearing the talks and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, 2023, that's not too far away. Mm-hmm. I've been through the old Canadian Museum. Yep. And so I've seen that it's, it's, man, they just don't have enough room. No. It's a big building, but they don't have enough room well, to display everything. Well, they got the everything. Kirk Whipper collection, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's 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 canoes in it that they, they have, have thousands of boats in storage. Yeah, that haven't seen the light of day yeah. in how long? Yeah, exactly. You know, um, but and even still, we when we were uh, my daughter had to do uh, some projects, and we ha- we went down to the Royal Ontario Museum, and she had to do some stuff. But they had the Anishinaabe First, uh, I think it was Anishinaabe First Nations exhibit there. Okay. Um, and they had some, uh, a, a few of the birch bark canoes that were built quite a while back. Mm-hmm. And just what, looking at the the techniques that they used and, yeah. and what, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It really is. Yeah. So uh, I wonder if they'll end up doing, because when we were there, uh, we were there. They're putting the uh, mirrored things the mirrored, on the-, the mirrored one together, yeah. right? I wonder if they'll have the same sort of area where they can actually build a workshop and open yeah yeah exactly so that you stand and the people making the canoe are behind yeah. sort of a fenced area or whatever mm-hmm. but you can sit and watch them for watch a while them do as their work doing it yeah that'd be awesome it see. would so it's a brilliant idea we'll have to keep our peepers yeah open on and that. they'll have uh they'll have waterfront now mm-hmm. so you'll be able to dock a boat and go visit them 
It'd be nice. Mm-hmm. Well, is there a new one have waterfront? Because remember they changed. So the the old one was going to be on a narrow part of the Trent Severn Canal. It was supposed to be by the But it was going to be elevated, so they wouldn't really have waterfront. There is a dock there, that, and we mounted that yeah. dock when we did the Canada 150. But the new one is, I think it's Lock 10. So it's in the, uh, it's in the bay opening below the lock, okay. and it's going to be right on the water. Okay. I know I, I've seen the other parts. I didn't realize it was right on water. Mm-hmm. That's going to be bonus. Yes. yes. So everybody can, I wonder if they have a canoe parking lot. <laughs> yes, just <laughs> in your canoe. canoe. Yeah, <laughs> turn it. Turn It'd it off. Be awesome if they did. Lock it up. Well, and you know, if I think it would be brilliant if they would put in a docking system because people going through the Trent Severn, they could stop and do a tour of the Canadian Canoe Museum, then mm-hmm. p- proceed on their way going through the Trent Severn. So yeah, it's a it's a would be a brilliant idea for them to take advantage of the waterfront. Yeah. So. Be interested in seeing that. Uh, if you want to find out more information about the new museum and the uh, their collaborative relations work with the indigenous communities, go to canoemuseum.ca backslash collaborative hyphen relations. Uh, find out. There's a whole lot more information they had about this new initiative that they're doing uh, that you'll be able to find on their site. So so check it out, the Canadian Canoe Museum, uh, canoemuseum.ca. And it uh, sounds like they've got a lot of things uh in the works, which are really cool. Uh, what else we got here? Oh, 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 oh. Benny Hill. Do you remember Benny Hill? Benny Hill? I like Benny Hill. Not even close. For the yakety sack. Yeah. Right? Yakety sacks. Benny Hill. So this reminded me of Benny Hill. A pursuit between Halifax Regional Police and a suspect <laughs> yes. in Dartmouth, <laughs> Halifax there, on, uh, wasn't exactly the high-speed chase you would see in the movies. It was no O.J. Simpson chase either. No. Officers used a paddle boat, a paddle board, and a canoe to follow a man who jumped into Little Alboro Lake in an attempt to evade them. You've got to Google this and see the pictures because <laughs> there's a couple people in a canoe. There's a, it looks like they were like, um, uh, what do they call it when they, they stop a car and stop and please get out of your car and eat your yeah. car. They hijack, <laughs> not hijack a car, but com, uh, commandeer. Yeah. It looks like they're commandeering. Yeah. The one, the one police officer, full gear with the, the uniform, the gun, the vest. the vest, everything. <laughs> and he's on his belly paddling this stand-up paddle. <laughs> All I'm thinking is Benny. you got to Google it to see the pictures. So I guess there was a robbery. Uh, police were called. Two suspects attempted to flee on a motorcycle, but uh, came to a quick end when the motorcycle and a police cruiser collided. One took off one way, one took off another way and jumped into the lake. The man tried to swim away, but his officers went after him in the boat, the canoe, and the stand-up paddleboard. He eventually started to go underwater and was rescued by the officers and Halifax Regional Fire and Emergency Services. <laughs> so how was your day? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> Not your typical day. Oh, man. That's all I could think of was Benny Hill when I saw that. Yeah, so. yeah. listen to the music playing. Oh, man. Well, you got to do what you got to do. I guess the Mounties always get their man, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's take a quick break here. We're going to come up with, uh, uh, I found out something that looks really cool, but it's from the, that looks cool, but I don't know anyone that would is going to buy one file. 
Yes. We'll be right back after this. Hi, this is Derek Sprecht. You're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. If you like what you've been hearing, you can find out more by checking us out at paddlingadventuresradio.com, as well as on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page for our website, where all our podcasts are available for download or streaming. We love to hear from our listeners, so if you have a suggestion for the show or want to let us know how we're doing, please drop us a line. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Welcome back. A um, couple of things I was going to talk about I, to- I forgot about. Ted and Jim Baird mm-hmm. did their Seal River trip. 25 day or something? Something like that, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ted has posted part one and two of the last I saw of that. The first part, I think, is about 58 minutes long. The second part is over two hours long oh. uh, of their trip. One of the things I, because we, and I, and I think of this because, so if you go on YouTube on a Ted Baird's channel, yeah. uh, watch, watch those episodes. They're pretty good. But we talked about solar panels and battery banks and stuff like that. We've been analyzing it the last few yeah. weeks. So, you know, getting into the, the, the solar panel lay on top of your, your packs while you're paddling for the day, that sort of stuff. Jackery mm-hmm. power supplies. They have one. Yes. Uh, on this trip. And it's uh, it's equivalent of a goal zero or something. Oh, it's, I'm thinking it's beyond goal zero. This thing's as like the size of a car or a truck battery. But the goal zero one, isn't it about the same size? Not the one I was looking at. Oh, no? No, no, not even close. Uh, 22 pounds. Mm-hmm. It's pretty hefty. In, in the six minute... 32nd-ish mark of the second episode. Yes. They show... Well, I know they did a whole... Right, the whole spiel on it in the first episode. Mm-hmm. But you see... I think it was Ted shoving it in one of the big yellow sea lion bags. Canoe, in his canoe pack, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I would not want to be the fella that yeah. was carrying that through the woods. Yeah. But those are big boys. They, they, they carry know a lot they of are, They way. carry a lot yeah. of gear with them for filming and, and recording yeah. and stuff like that. So... But, oh, man, I just looked at that and I'm thinking, nope, that would be a bag <laughs> for somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that that offers a lot of power. Mm-hmm. But at a price, both wallet and weight and size. Weight? See, weight would be the concerning factor. Like, yeah, you don't want to pay too much for something, but if you, if you could afford it, you still have to carry it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think for the most part, most users are going to be like, you're going to be have a base, like car camping or, or some such. One right? or two portages in and yeah. headquarters. Yeah, <laughs> because if you uh, if you're really dig hauling this thing into the backcountry, you're you're going to be like a filmmaker. You're mm-hmm. going to have some serious power needs, right? Because the average Joe is not going to need this. Like no. you could probably charge your phone a hundred times off this thing without re- recharging itself, right? Oh, big time! Yeah, big time. I mean, this thing is yeah. Char- they're charging all their gear. Yeah. Um, 
And it's got yeah. AC outlets and really cool looking. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. little LED yeah. displays and all that sort of deal. But I saw him pushing that into the bag, and I'm it's thinking, like, no. <laughs> hey, can you carry this bag? No, no, I cannot. <laughs> uh, but seriously, tune into uh, Ted Baird and Jim Baird on YouTube and uh, check out um, the Seal River trip uh, that Ted has posted up on his uh, YouTube channel. Uh, the other thing I've been noticing, I don't know why it is. I, I have not clicked on anything like this, but it's on my social media because apparently I clicked on something and all of a sudden it's direct. Oh, well, if you're looking at that, then you want all of these <laughs> different advertisements yes. for backpack style cooler bags. Yes. That people, oh, take this into the back country. And, well, No. <laughs> I, I could fit a jackery in that <laughs> 18 pounds of yeah. ice uh is this a thing now i uh, i don't know if it's a thing i know i have one myself and i've had it for a year and a half now and i mostly use it for car camping but i have used it twice in the backcountry and it's just a it's a soft-sided cooler it uh it uh, it's inflatable, just like it's got a air mattress nozzle that you and you blow the thing up, and uh, but when it's when it's uh, compact, when it's rolled up, it's uh, it's about the same size or yeah, it's about the same size as a uh, Helinox chair or something, right? Folded well, not up. These things that that I've been getting ads for. Oh yeah, like I mean, these are soft sided, mm-hmm. but they're not going very small when they're empty. That's for sure. Yeah, this uh, one, like, I just carried it when I was done using it. Uh, if, uh, because at the first trip, I had some ice packs, some steak, and some sausages and stuff like that in it. And uh, when I was when that was all done after the first two or three days, then it uh, it got deflated and rolled up and uh, just stuffed in the canoe pack. Hmm. And it's super light. There's no weight to you it. Know, yeah, I mean, if you could squish it down that small, mm-hmm. that's one thing. Yeah. And if you're bringing it in for the first day or something for food and stuff yeah. like that, then okay. But something that size, you're fitting like a two four of beer in there. You're, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. you're fitting yeah. food in there. Well, number one, are you going to hang that thing? Because critters are are yeah. chewing oh, exactly. right, right, Chew right through, through that. So, and are you carrying that much? Yeah, beer in. Like I said, my primary use is like car camping and. Uh, so when we go camping, it's we've got an ice maker with us, and uh, we just keep loading that thing up with ice to well, keep the beer cold. Well, if you're camping in the, if you're camping in your RV, yeah, exactly. You got the ice maker, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I can't see something that these. I mean, this is a backpack style. So that, Yeti, Yeti has a couple backpack style packs, and they have got two different sizes, and it's got uh, it folds shut just like a a dry bag. And, uh, it's, but it's got this triple wall system with foam in inner mm. layer and this, that, the other thing. And it's like, yeah, I, I question that because it's like, what, what are you taking into the backcountry that you need? Like, are that you? That much space. Yeah. Because it's one thing if you get a little tiny, like lunch bag size cooler bag. Exactly. Like, something take for a the, couple of frozen yeah. water bottles yeah. or, or yeah. a beer or two or whatever. Exactly. Uh, and, and some fresh yeah. food for the first, maybe second night. Mm-hmm. But that little pack will fit into your food barrel or bag that you can then yeah. hang or exactly. strap to a tree or whatever your method. Yeah. Hanging, not hanging. I'm not getting into that. Whatever your method is. Yeah. Um, but these and 
the other thing is, if you've got your your big bag to carry, your pack, mm-hmm. plus your canoe, well, now you've got another pack. Exactly. So that's yeah. automatic double carry. Yes. So, exactly. And, and it's even when it's empty, it's an extra thing you have to carry mm-hmm. for the rest of your trip. Yeah. Right? So it's a, uh, you're, you're hard. It's, it doesn't really make sense on a true backcountry trip. But if it's, if you're more front country or whatever, then I guess that's where it more fits. But it, or like, a day hike or yeah, something. Yeah. But then you got a question. It's like, why do I need a backpack cooler? Am I carrying, what am I, what am I doing? Am I, am I transporting live organs to the next hospital or is this going to be, you know what I mean? It's like, why do you need, why do you need this as if a you're backpack? transferring <laughs> organs to the next hospital in a cooler backpack, that's not your biggest concern. The concern would be, why did they not send that via ambulance? Yes. Give it to Derek. He'll take it. <laughs> He'll be there in two weeks. <laughs> run, Forrest, run! No, but like I, I, it, they seem like it's more geared towards people hauling beer somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but so that confuses me because it's if you're backpack style, what? Why are you taking something like that into the backcountry? Yeah, yeah. Right? I, I, like I say, I must have clicked on something somewhere, but all of a sudden I'm getting all yeah. these ads for these backpack cooler bags. I mean, mind you, they're anywhere from, I think I, the cheapest I saw was about 80 bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that was 80 US. Yeah. Um, I saw one that was about four or 500 bucks. Yeah, they're they're not cheap. Yeah. A, a backpack for 500 bucks, it better carry me. <laughs> <laughs> I remember looking at them at the uh, the last running of the Toronto Outdoor, sh- Outdoor Show, which was like, what, uh, 19, 20 ago. months eager. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the last time that thing ran, it's uh, right by the gates. There's that uh, vendor that has all the back packs and bags and stuff. Mm, yeah. So I was looking at the the um at the backpack coolers and it's like well this is strange why why is this a thing like i see the cooler bags because we've talked about the them the round ones that fit in your barrel yes right yeah um and keep stuff cool but they fold right up into into nothing they don't take much room when they're done when you're done when you empty it out and fold everything up and the the in insight goes around the inside Mm -hmm. of your barrel everything else folds up nice small and, and whatnot that that's fine but these don't, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I mean, so, so you take some beers for the first day, some fresh food for the first night, and then you got this big thing that's not folding down. That's very dr- much. You're hauling around with you're your hauling down. Yeah. So I, uh, it doesn't make sense to me, but mm-hmm. maybe I'm just missing something, but, uh, yeah, you won't catch me with one of those. Nope. Not at all. <laughs> Another thing from the that's cool, but I don't think I'm going to buy one file. Oh. So I came across this. Again, I must have clicked something because apparently I'm just a target for all this garbage now. <laughs> uh, I guess it's Lova. I think that's how you Transparent stand-up paddleboard. Really cool idea. Uh, do you remember the, the see-through ca- uh, canoe? Yep. Right? So you can look down and... Or if somebody's swimming under, they can look up, whatever. Um, so while you're riding on the surface, this stand-up paddleboard lets you catch a glimpse of what's below. Board is made in France. Lightweight carbon frame that's fitted with a patented acrylic glass. And which got me thinking, at work, we print on acrylic. Oh, okay. If there's any spare sheets about, you know, 
stand-up paddleboard size. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. Uh, Its clear material opens up the ocean like a portal to display the aquatic life below as you paddle across the water. And at night, a double row of LED lights illuminates the sea up to 15 meters. The Le Stand Up. (laughs) Because, <laughs> you know, it's French. Will be offered in limited editions, and each board will be individually numbered. Um, <laughs> you know, we used to joke about the Le Car. Yeah. Now yeah, there's yeah. the Le Stand Up. <laughs> the length, 10 feet 8 inches, 31 inches wide, 44 pounds. Okay. Hmm. That's pretty heavy. I'm not being wanting to carry that but acrylic's pretty heavy too yeah right? and you so. know i've picked up stand-up paddle boards before they they tend to be pretty heavy on the heavy side right mm-hmm. uh, I, and i think the uh, the inflatables tend to be a little more more heavier than than the hard formed ones but uh it's yeah they've got some heft to them so the the weight of this isn't really that surprising no ultra white leds with a range of up to 15 meters battery life three hours ish yeah Lova, L-O-E-V-A dot M-E. Mm-hmm. Looks pretty cool. It does. But I think it's only worth it if you're paddling somewhere with crystal clear water, for one. <laughs> like, if you're on your local lake yeah. and you're going, well, I'm not seeing yeah. nothing but swamp. Yeah. Duffins Creek. <laughs> Duffins Creek at muddy season, yeah. <laughs> no price listed Anywhere, Yes. And I was on their Facebook page and anybody that asked on social media gets sent a private message. Yeah. What are they hiding? Uh, One person said, if you have to ask, you can't afford. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Which is the feeling you get. Yeah. Uh, They've been around since October 2018. Really? I haven't seen a ton of stuff. Now, you said you saw it on Crate. And Crate has some high-end stuff on there. Yes. Mm-hmm. The world premiere was at the Monaco Yacht Show. That tells a lot. That tells a lot, (laughs) if you have to ask. Cool idea. Yeah. But time, place, and if you got nothing else to do with your money, I'm thinking. Mm Mm-hmm. So. Lucid also has a clear stand-up paddleboard as well. Mm Mm-hmm. These are really cool ideas. Mind you, Lucid also has a pretty good absinthe, but that's a different company. <laughs> uh, these are pretty cool ideas, but they're not really for everyday people paddlers. Uh, the Lucid paddle board is, what, 1500 bucks US? Probably US. I got to yeah. think it'd be US. So 1500 bucks US for that one. This one's got the carbon fiber. Yeah, it's going to be 2500 or something. something. Yeah. Or yeah, more. Or more. It's got the LED lights. Yeah, the LED lights alone are going to be yeah extra yeah. three hundred. But unless you're paddling in the ocean, yeah, or the local pool, yeah, somewhere's where there's actually water that's transparent. Transparent, yeah. <laughs> so we're out in Lake Ontario today, not seeing a thing. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Again, <laughs> where's twenty five hundred or whatever I paid. <laughs> So uh, go check L-O-E-V-A dot M-E to see. I mean, like it's a pretty cool looking thing, but I don't know anybody that will probably buy one. 
Uh, what else we got here? Oh, yeah, it's, it's almost mid-September already. I know. Um, fall paddling. The summer went so quick. We had a summer, did we? Yeah, I know. And it was, it, and unfortunately, because it was hot, I was anxious for summer to go. And now that it's gone, I'm sad. It's like, no, I changed my mind. I don't want it to go fast. It's gone. <laughs> Bye-bye. However, just because it's September doesn't mean you have to pack up everything. Snow's not falling yet. Nope. Nothing's frozen yet. But cool weather is coming. It's sort of started. Just because it's getting cool doesn't mean that you can't go back on the water. You just have to start dressing, dressing for, for it. the weather. Uh, yeah, you got to change some things uh, if you want to keep paddling in, in the shoulder seasons to stay safe. Clothes, clothes are the biggie. Uh, you need to wear warmer clothes. Uh, dress for the water temperature, not the air. Oh yeah, and, and a lot of people make that mistake. Yeah. Oh, it's it's warm outside. It's so warm out. So I'm, I'm good. But you get into that water because it's down about the 50, yeah. 60 Fahrenheit range. I can't um, even work in Fahrenheit. Yeah. Well, <laughs> neither do I half the time. Uh, uh, yeah. There's no need to break out the dry suits yet. Mm-hmm. Yet. Uh, you might want to order one. <laughs> Big thing: don't wear cotton. If it Correct. gets wet. It'll, it just draws your heat. That's yeah. why people, you know, don't wear jeans out mm-hmm. at this time of year because yeah. you go in, the jeans are, are like a, a vampire. Yeah. It just sucks all the heat from your body, right? Uh, you should have, and it's recommended, a wick away base layer. You can get it like the Under Armour and Merino wool, all that sort yeah. of stuff, right? An insulating mid layer. So something a bit thicker. And again, merino wool's good. Uh, and then an outer dry jacket of some sort. Uh, splash jacket. Especially if you're kayaking. You get the splash going and stuff like that. Yeah. Something that'll just drip off and still breathable. Yep. You know, because like I say, you got the three layers to keep you warm, but it's going to pull away all that extra mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, if it does rain, you want to make sure you're, you're covered, that sort rain of thing. Rain protection, wind protection, sun protection. Yeah. Um... July rain showers, totally different. Those are nice. Than October rain showers. It's like, yay, it's raining. You know? Yeah. Uh, you get soaked in October and- It's a it's, game changer. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it definitely is. Quick dry pants are a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I mean, the whole thing is is when you're paddling for the shoulder se- in the shoulder seasons, you need to be dressed um, planning to be going swimming. You have to. Yeah. Right. You you know what? Hopefully you're not going to go for a swim. Chances are you're not going to go for a swim. But if you're dressed for a swim, yep. you know, you're, you're just that much farther ahead. Uh, if you're using a kayak, if you've got a spray skirt, it's good to, to use one because otherwise any water that's coming in is sitting there. I know when I go my kayak at the end of the day, when I get out my my butt is soaked. Yes, it leaks through. You know, yep. the bottom of my legs, if I'm wearing mm-hmm. pants, they're soaked. If I'm wearing shorts, my legs are soaked yep. because you're sitting in it. The water's mm-hmm. got nowhere to go, right? So you're just sitting in that cold water and the cold water underneath is, is of, of your boat is keeping everything cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? Uh, 
As time moves on, however, you might want to switch into a wetsuit to begin with, like a Farmer John sort of wetsuit. Uh, and then eventually you're going to get to dry suit weather. You're going to need a dry suit. Uh, but that's still a little ways down the road. Bring dry clothes in a dry bag when you're out, just in case. Something to change into. Yeah. I mean, this is, I mean, we're, we're talking like if you're going out for a day paddle, I mean, if you're going out on a backcountry trip or something, then I mean, you're going to have that dry bag with clothes. Yeah, you're, you're going to have a safety, and, yeah. little safety kit that you can do a, a fire. Um, you're going to have a, yeah, a, one of those quick dry fold up small towels, an emergency blanket, all that sort of stuff. Uh, if you're paddling near, near home sort of deal, right? Just a day trip. You're not going to have a lot of stuff. So no, you have to but think ahead. Yeah. Bring but if stuff. you go over, you're going to be close to shore. Mm-hmm. Then at least you got that dry bag with some clothes in it. Yep. You can get out of what's wet, throw on the dry clothes, and paddle the hour back to your car, sort of deal, or however far you are away. Uh, the other thing you got to think about at this time of year is light. And as ah, we get yes. farther into it, you got to think about more. Mm-hmm. We're not middle of the summer where there's the longest days of the year anymore. Exactly. Right? You're- the, yeah, we're the, heading towards like uh, sunsets of 7 p.m. and 6:30 mm-hmm. and so on, right? Yeah. So you know you got to watch your watch on those days. You know, I'm going. I mean, early summer. You know, after work, I'm I got the the canoe on, or I'm going to head home, throw the canoe, kayak, stand up paddleboard on the on the truck, and boogie down to the lake, jump in for a couple of hours, and have a paddle around, and get back. And you're getting back home nine o'clock. The lights just starting to to dim. Mm-hmm. You know, at nine o'clock. Running out of time. You're running out of time, big time. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, on a weekend, you get out in the morning, go for the day, whatever, but watch those hours. End of day uh, comes quicker. If you're unsure, invest in a headlamp or even the deck lights. I know Alan Drummond at Kingdom Outdoor Products, he uh, has those, and I actually got two of them back over there, the suction cup mounted uh, deck lights. Yeah, I want to get a my couple kayak, of those from right? Uh, I can put I can even put them on my uh canoe. Mm-hmm. Uh they just yeah. LEDs, just give them a twist, they turn on. Yeah. Right really bright as well. So, Nav lights. Uh make sure you got something like that. It'll stop you from it, it it'll other people can see you, people can find you. It's easier to locate if, if you're in and some people do, you know, moonlight cruises and stuff like that, paddles. Mm-hmm. And but it'll it'll uh, help your paddle partners find you. If you go ashore, if you get whatever, it'll help you find your way and uh, it'll help you stop getting run over by a powerboat. Well, yeah. Um and like I say, at this time of year when all of a sudden you you know, you go out for, well, it'll just take me an hour to get there, an hour to get back, and then the wind comes up, or yeah. and all of a sudden it's an hour and a half back. Yeah. That puts you into that, you know, getting darker sort of yeah. thing. And, um, you know, or I, I, as I always put it, just one more cast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just one just more. Just one more. Cast. Just one more. Going for those, you know, those, those late September <laughs> um, salmon out, in, out yeah. in the lake sort of thing. Um, just going to give a real quick, wear your PFD. Always, just wear. Always. Cold water shock's going to hamper you from getting your PFD on. Uh, and I actually did write PDF, by the way. Because, uh, <laughs> you know, that's just what I do. Uh, it's going to hamper you getting your, your PFD on once you're in the water. Yep. You know, again, summertime is something completely different. Mm-hmm. You should be wearing it anyway. But uh, in that cold water shock. Oh, yeah. 
you know, you, your legs and everything just stop working so fast. Mm-hmm. And when you're trying to tread water and put a life jacket on, the colder into the season you get, yep. the harder that's going to be. And you're not. Or or maybe you're in whatever situation, you got some uh, white caps or whatever, and maybe it's a, not a very graceful exit from your canoe or kayak or whatever, and you, you whack your head. Tom you're, Thompson, you're, that's right. You're dazed, you're confused, it's like, who knows? And uh, so, or maybe the wind's going to catch your, if you're not wearing your life jacket, what if the wind catches it when you roll over and it blows it down a lake? It's mm-hmm. like, you, you, you really should. You go one should, way, the jacket mm-hmm. goes the other. You really should wear it. Yeah. Phone. Take a cell phone in a waterproof case or bag. If you do fall in or you're out later than you thought you would be out, you know, helps a, a quick call away. Especially if it's a day trip. You know yes. what? Like, yep. can you go down to wherever, pick up my truck and drive me over or just come pick me up and drive me back with my my boat or paddleboard to where my truck is? Because, you know, yeah, things got later than I had hoped and that sort mm-hmm. of thing. It happens. Yep. If you're out enjoying the day, you lose track of time. Yeah. At least you got that phone. Make sure it's 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 on you. It's accessible. It's dry. Mm-hmm. Thing keep it dry. <laughs> weather. Check the weather when heading out. There's a difference, like I say, a difference between a July rain shower and an October rain shower. And if you're not dressed for the October rain shower, you're it, gonna be sorry. Yeah. You know, um, I was in Tomogamy there what, two years ago, and it rained like three days. And my gear at the end was even like, dude, because you're, you're paddling and you're sweating. And yeah. I mean, a wick away only lasts so long. It still gets wet. You know, it does. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that sweat's there and the, the, the rain is on the outside. It's breathing, you know, uh, but it's still cool. That, it, that cold October it's cool rain. and it's still going to evaporate. And yep. then you have evaporative cooling and uh, that's going to add more chill to it. Mm-hmm. So it's so if you don't need to be out in the in the weather, don't mm-hmm. you know? Make it a friendly affair. Have fun on the water and paddle with a partner, especially this time of year. Yeah, it's always great to have somebody to paddle with. And if something does happen, they're an extra set of hands to help get you out of the water or get help if needed. You know, uh, a couple of kayaks going up or two people in a canoe. Like, Go and have fun. Bring somebody with you. It's an extra set of eyes, an extra, like you say, helping hand, that sort of thing. Yeah. It's always more fun to share stuff. It's funner. Mm -hmm. It's more funner. It's funner. It's more funner. It's funner. We're hooked on phonics. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So it's that time of year. Like I say, things are getting colder. Water's getting colder. It's not frozen yet. No. Refused to give up the ghost. We're still still paddling. (laughs) Still going strong. I'm, well, I mean, I usually go paddling up until October, November. Yeah, me too. Right? So, yeah, still plenty of time, but you just got to be prepared for it. Yeah. Be aware of your surroundings, your environment, your weather. Be aware. Um, yeah, I think that's almost, I got another thing, but let's take a quick commercial here. And when we come back, we'll uh, talk about one, I think only one last thing. Back in a minute. Hey, this is Sean Rowley and you're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. To find out more about us, check out our website, paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Current and past episodes of our podcast can be downloaded or streamed from iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page of our website. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, we would love to hear from you. 
So drop us a line on Facebook or our website. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Welcome back. So, there have been rumblings, rumors, hints, whispers. So, it, it's we don't know that it's actually going to happen, but they're teasing us enough that the, we can see the intent. They're just trying to see what way the wind blows. But uh, I've been hearing things about a winter camping symposium. I want, I want to know how they're going to do it. I hope they do it. I hope they do it too. It's going to be interesting. It's, it's so complicated in the current environment, right? Like it, to, in order to pay for the theater at, uh, what's the university? Waterloo. Waterloo University. In order to pay for that, uh, that theater, it's, uh, it, you gotta pretty much have a sellout crowd. Mm-hmm. Otherwise it, you're, you're, it's out of pocket, right? I think it's like 400 people or something, right? Yeah. But if yeah. you, to properly distance and so on, you're not filling that theater, right? I wonder if they'll do a deal because otherwise it's, it's empty. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some money is better than yeah. no money. Because they're going to have to be half capacity. But I mean, that place thing. gets packed. Oh, yeah. I mean, they got the, 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 the booths. I mean, we've had the booth there the last, what, three three years? Yep. You know, we're, but we're way out in the front. Mm-hmm. We're the first smile and peace faces everybody yeah. sees when they walk yeah, into the yeah. place, right? <laughs> uh, but, you know, I like, uh, you got all the booths in there crammed. Everybody's looking at what's for sale and wanting to buy stuff. Yeah. Then you go in and everybody's sitting. It's the sitting down is going to be fine. Everybody get their space and, and mm-hmm. whatnot. I mean, that's easy enough to put something on a chair and say, yeah. don't sit, don't sit, don't sit, or yeah. make sure you keep keep distances and that. But it's the beforehand, before getting into the auditorium part, I think, exactly. is the issue. The, 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 uh, that long curved hallway in front where all the vendors set up. Yeah. Like it's wall to wall people. Like anytime I've been there during an event, it's like you're rubbing shoulders with people as you try and squeeze through. Right. Mm -hmm. It's so, yeah, it's going to be interesting. They're going to, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not that confident that thing could make a proper go of it. I think it's going to have to be online again this year. Yeah. I mean, as much as everybody hated that, it's, it's something. It's it's sort of keeping it in in people's minds. Yeah. yeah, you know, put get some people to to record their, their yep. presentation. Exactly. Then do a, a question and answer afterwards sort of thing. So mm-hmm. we'll keep our ears to, I guess I, I should really send David a message and say, dude, David Bain and, yep. and yep. Uh, Matt Olson. Yeah. What's, what's going on? What is the deal? What's happening? <laughs> so I see we can find out any more reliable information. Yep. So yeah, it'd be nice to see it. But uh, same with the uh, Quiet Adventure Symposium. Right now, they're still him and on whether it's going to happen or yeah. if it's going to end up being. I think the Quiet Adventure Symposium will probably end up being a online thing again. This year. I think so too. It's yeah. it's just too complicated, mm-hmm. and in order to in order to cut any profit, you need to get people through the door, and you just can't in the current climate. But there's more people. It's it's more spread out. At the symposium, at the uh, Quiet Adventure Symposium, than at the winter 
camping symposium. Because you got all those big arenas where everybody's yeah. walking up and down. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Well, unless we get Jerry Vandiver playing guitar and singing in our booth, <laughs> then it gets crowded a bit. Yeah, but, exactly. You know, it's all good. So, you know, I, like I say, my big thing is as long as something happens, then even even if it's online, it keeps yes. it in people's minds and it's entertaining for people. To, okay, you know, I can't see it in person, but at least I'm seeing something. Yeah. You know, so we'll see. I, uh, I look forward to uh, closing out our shows with events calendars. Mm-hmm. This week, um, Derek's got a haircut and he's getting his nails done. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, Algonquin Outfitters, just a reminder about their 60th anniversary. 60 years, eh? Yeah. Wow, that's, Stay in power, right? Yeah. Uh, they have their anniversary contest going on right now. For now through to the end of November, they're hosting a contest uh, with a online historical quiz and a chance to win exciting prizes. Uh, all answers to their... 30-question quiz can be found at algonquinoutfitters.com. Uh, and they're asking questions like, who's the Brent Store's legendary manager for almost 40 years? What's the name of the canoe route created in memory of Bill Swift Sr.? Uh, that links the four Algonquin Outfitters stores in Algonquin Park. How many years was Algonquin Outfitters a seasonal business that shut down in uh, the winter months? Um yeah, so every correct answer you get, like I say, they're all thirty of them. You can find the answers to all thirty of them on the on the website. Uh, enter all those, then go take some uh, selfies at any Algonquin Outfitter stores. Increases your chance of winning. Contest ends November thirtieth, two thousand twenty-one. Winner selected by a random draw uh, for one of five prizes: a thousand-dollar Algonquin Outfitters gift card. Woohoo! That's an awful lot. That's either a couple of really big ticket items mm-hmm. or an awful lot of like really small ticket items. <laughs> like I'm talking a lot. Or one quarter to one third of a boat. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you buy one of their uh, for sale ones, the used ones. Yeah. Sometimes they go for about a thousand. You mean like the rental fleet? Yeah. Mm-hmm. See? I wonder if you can use it on, on that. Uh, you can also win... The ultimate canoe trip package valued at more than 900 bucks. Uh, so they fit you up with a canoe, your gear, uh, and uh, help plan a, a canoe trip in Algonquin Park for you. Uh, $500, $250, or a $100 gift card from Algonquin Outfitters. A lot of stuff here. Isn't it? I hope I win all of it. Uh, hey, you could, <laughs> I, I, I guess. Go to AlgonquinOutfitters.com, enter the contest, find out more information. And I think that is all I've got this week. Yeah. Do you got anything uh, else? No, I don't. Um, no, I'm going to keep checking out my social media to find out what people are trying to sell me. <laughs> new and used that I'll never buy. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I don't know what I clicked, but I keep hitting um, the hide ads yeah and i keep changing my answer irrelevant scam um already bought so there's mm-hmm. stuff i I, yeah. I have no intention of buying that i said i bought yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> i already got one it gets tiring <laughs> uh see what else we can come up with um yeah that's all i've got you got nothing else nothing else Alrighty. Well, if you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 
You can download or stream our episodes from iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Player FM, and iHeartRadio, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. We could spend all day going through all the sites. Oh, yeah. Just if you Google Paddling Adventures Radio, it, it, the number of sites that you can download it from is phenomenal. Go to the episode page at paddlingadventuresradio.com and you can listen or download all our episodes there as well. All 291 of them now. 291? Yeah, 291. Yes, 291. Uh, if you enjoyed our podcast, please share it with your friends, family, and fellow paddlers. I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Spest. We'll see you next time. <laughs>